When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hello, and welcome back to Success to Significance. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis. Hey, I want to thank you for listening in today or watching in if you're watching us on YouTube. If you're not watching us on YouTube, please don't forget to go subscribe to our channel, Jen Duplessis. And of course, we have the link down in the show notes here as well. But thank you for joining us today and listening in to this great episode with Christopher Dora. And I want to thank, you know, if you're listening and you've listened a bunch of times, I pretty much mess up everybody's name. <laughs> I pretty much mess up everybody's name every time after I even ask and everything. But Christopher Dora, it's funny because Christopher and I are friends and I still can't pronounce his last name, but I won't ask you to pronounce mine, Christopher, because it'll put you in a box. <laughs> I want to welcome you to the show. Well, thank you so much, Jen. You're amazing. Uh, I, I felt the energy in Malibu. We met uh, almost, um, I'd say almost a year ago, more yeah, or less. Getting there. Um, mm-hmm. it, was, it was just amazing just to connect with you. I, I realized immediately that you had a presence about you. You had an aura. Um, when I shared a little bit of who I was, you and I connected immediately after. And I said, you know what, this is somebody I want in my world, somebody I want to have around me. And then I want to grow with this person as well. So I'm so thrilled today to be on your show. Uh, Looking forward to sharing some amazing nuggets about my life uh, to the audience. So let's let's shoot for it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, thank you for those kind words. I really appreciate that. Well, let me take this opportunity to introduce you just very lightly a little bit so everyone knows who we're talking to here. Uh, Christopher, uh, you know, I first I want to say I want to say it in this way because we're going to take this path in this in this interview here today, which is that you are a former professional. Um, NFL football player. And we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, and now you have uh, transitioned into being an executive financial professional, an international speaker, a mentor um, who values dedication, service, and excellence. And I will tell you that I've seen that and I've witnessed it. Even when you don't even know I'm looking, I'm watching you when we're in networking situations. <laughs> And, um, but you bring this unique perspective to, um, perspective that you've gained from your multidimensional leadership, professional experience to organizations, empowering them to unleash untapped potential of their employees, which we're going to talk about here a little bit. You are, uh, well, I know as of the recording of this, you are now part of a collaborative book, right? Called WTFOMG. Do I have it backwards? 
No, no, no. You have okay. WTFOMG, <laughs> right? With with our, our wonderful David Corbin that we all love to death. And I'm I'm so excited for you. I, you know, like I was telling you in the green room, I wanted to be in that book, but we just have too many other things going on right now. And that just happens. But you are about ready to uh, release your first book in uh, November of 2022 called Let's Get It. And I want to talk about that book a little bit as well um, today. So again, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, so let's let's get started with, I want to hear your story. I mean, I've heard your story several times, but I want to talk a little bit about your story, um, about where you're from, uh, you know, and why and how um, this whole process, because I see it, I see it as, you know, I'm an athlete too. So I see it through, um, being an athlete where, you know, these values of dedication, service and excellence come through, but that actually isn't where it happened for you. Yes. Uh, well, you know, I got a second chance at life. Um, my near death experience, uh, put me in a position to realize my true values. Um, I'm a God fearing man. And I do believe in prayer every morning when I wake up. That's my routine. You know, I wake up, I say my thanks, uh, I pray, uh, and then I make my bed, I make a cup of coffee, and then I you know, get into my group. <laughs> right. Right. That's so funny. I do the same thing. We, I make my side of the bed, and then my <laughs> husband's still in it. And it is. And he makes his side when he gets up, too. It's funny. <laughs> and it's amazing because, you know, I'm, I'm very much about family values. Um, my my ethnicity i'm from haiti uh my, my family's from the island uh you know my parents left had me and my two sisters our siblings in new york uh it was too cold for us there so we decided to transition and move to florida right. um you know i'm six foot seven 85 inch wingspan and in the green stock when you think about it right, you right. know um i inherited my height from my uncle who was seven feet tall so by the graces of my uncle and lineage i had the ability to be athletic um, decided, you know, high school football was going to be kind of the tryout for me. One year, Jen, and I got a scholarship to University of Charleston in West Virginia. I, uh, I completed my master's in business within a five-year uh, space. Um, and then I had two options, either go to corporate America or go pro. Yeah. You only get one shot at going to the league, Jen, and I was yep. not giving that up. And you um, had your education, so that was great. Yeah. Correct. You knew that was your backup. Yeah. It was it was for me um, trading places that movie with Dan um, Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy, which had really me um, hooked to finance, and that's why I decided if I go to college and learn business, I'll be okay. But if I am able to complete my education through sports, then that's amazing. So. I always had it in me to have a fallback plan, but at the same time, allow my athleticism to be the driver. Now, you know, I, I walked on to Miami Dolphins uh, in the NFL in 2010. It was amazing, a great journey for me. Um, but, you know, I pushed myself. It was always kind of the underdog that had to yeah. kind of overcome. And, and I always loved those stories because we worked the hardest and we pushed the longest. And when you think about it, I had a career that, that fell short because when I first came out into the NFL with the Miami Dolphins, um, I had the ability to go to a different team, even in Canada, and uh, play for the Montreal Alouettes. Um, with that being said, I got released, but then came back to Pittsburgh, and that's when everything changed through my world. Um, again, I, 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 I always say it's a tingle in my spine to relive that emotion. Yeah. Um, it, it happened in, a, in, a, in an outburst. Um, one thing led to another where I was on the field, in training camp in Pittsburgh. 
Um, I collapsed into what was going on. I got picked up and placed into an ambulance and rushed over to the UPMC hospital. Now, if anybody knows about the UPMC hospital, it's one of the major general hospitals in the East region. Yeah. We're talking helicopter pads landing every 10 minutes because something happened ferociously. Now, <laughs> when, when you think about what happened to me, when I got there, well, the hospital didn't want a liability because they had a football player rolling in on a stretcher. And then when they realized that, I had a blood clot in my leg and that was the reason why everything kind of, you know, sprung out. Dehydration put me in the hospital. When they diagnosed me, the blood clot was so bad. There wasn't enough circulation of blood flow pumping out of my leg to my heart. The next lines the doctors mentioned to me, Chris, it doesn't look good. We're going to have to cut your leg off and amputate because there's not enough circulation of flow. Now I'm 22 years old at this time, Jen, no family support. I'm all by myself. I don't know any of these 16 physicians talking to me and, and I'm in fear. Blood pressures through the roost. And all I can think about was God, just make sure I get through. Yeah. I prayed and, and we went into the operating room. I heard the decibel, the, the tone of the nurses that were pushing the stretcher say, Chris, it's going to be okay. I was in fear tingles in my spine when we decided to go into uh the operation um it took about 16 hours wow. and they performed the fasciotomy and they had to remove the clot as they performed the incisions jen my heart failed and died i flatlined and it's still a little emotional mm-hmm. you know, i got a second chance at life and i'm so humble because by the grace of God, it wasn't my time yet. Yeah, yeah. I was revived by the two square pegs. They had to shock me back, resuscitate me back to life. Thankfully, I was in shape. And I wasn't one of those humongous offensive linemen that just didn't stay in shape. Right. I was quick on my feet. So because of me being athletic and always keeping my health first, my health is what saved me. When I, when I woke up that next morning, the, the first group of humans that I saw were my parents and my siblings, and I broke down. Yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't bear, Jen, in the tears. Mm-hmm. When you say big men don't cry, well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> that day when I woke up, I, I just felt like, you know what? Everything had been taken away from me. I was on the stretcher. I was down. And the leader of the family had to look up to my family looking at me in this way. That, that destroyed me. And I knew at that very moment, I said, my values is family. Not about the football business, not about the opportunity that it opened up for me. Yes, it was great. I got a scholarship. I got, I got to the pros. But when I realized there's so much more ahead of us, family for me was what's important. So I decided that very moment to hang up the cleats. Yeah. And, you know, one thing led to another where after three months of being hospitalized, I lost about 65, 70 pounds of mass, 350-pound offensive lineman. And I transitioned to becoming a 280 pound man. I went from refrigerator LeBron James thin. So <laughs> when you think about that, yeah. that was the inkling for me to say, I got to get out of this hospital. It took eight months to rehab. And that's when I said, you know what? I'm never going back into football into a relapse. I'm going to transition back to my master's degree and get into finance. And yeah. here I am. Yeah. And, you know, by the grace of God, your leg was saved too. You know, I want to make sure everybody knows that 16 yes, hour surgery was and that's a 
that's a good thing. Yeah. And that's a good thing. And thank you for sharing that story. Cause I know that that was, you know, that was life-changing and, you know, and this is what divine intervention is about. It's so funny. I was listening to uh, Joel Olstein on Sunday and, uh, you know, cause I love listening to him. I don't know what it is. Every time he talks, I'm saying, how did you know I needed this today? And of course <laughs> divine, you know, intervention, but you know, he said, God's not mad at you. He's mad about you. And mm. that was what I feel, I think, you know, as you're telling this story, um, never thought about it before. It's only because I listened to Joel the other day, but I'm thinking, you know, he's mad about you. And that's why he, he said, you know, you've got more work to do. You've got more things to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm going to raise you back up in a different way. And so I know that that's been, so when did that happen? I know you were, got drafted in like 2010 or something, but when, right. when did this happen to you? Well, everything happened for me in 2011 11. Where, um, I actually um, that's when everything happened that year uh-huh. it's been about 12 years since then and um, I just feel that I've learned so much uh-huh. you know overall in that experience that I knew for a fact the way that I could bring more value to humanity the world is by making a difference uh-huh. um, thankfully I, I had become educated and I said you know what even if I hang up the football cleats I'm still going to be a person a civilian, somebody who, um, you know, lives with honor. Um, I transitioned and became a financial uh, advisor. And seven years into my journey, I love what I do. It's a passion. I'm studying more certifications. For me, it's the knowledge. It's the information and the empowerment how I'm helping to serve people that want to think about their futures or generational wealth. Now, with, with all that being said, a part of my financial journey, I've become a specialist. And in yeah. becoming a specialist, you know, have taken such an inkling to nonprofits, yes. um, making sure that we can talk about sustainability, how to really make sure that we can help educate the $480 billion industry of nonprofit, why are their children still suffering? Yeah. Why are there mothers and, and, and children who, who don't have enough resources? And why are our fathers and parents having mental health concerns? Mm-hmm. And nonprofit is the system that I've realized that has a gap. Yeah, I wrote a book and have become a published author. Um, and I have a solution. I have a solution to change the industry to make sure that nonprofits have the tools by reading my book, Let's Get It, which is 10 keys to a sustainable life fulfilling nonprofit organizations that you can actually grab this book online anywhere, Target, Barnes and Nobles. But once you read and drink up this information, you are not going to be able to run a sustainable organization. And that's a part of my legacy, being able to not only give back philanthropically through education. I love what I'm doing because if I can change and touch many lives, being a part of many organizations from the Tri-County and the state of Florida, and even nationally now, I'm expanding um, into other areas of the USA, helping nonprofits. It's become a part of my destiny to be able to give back in that space. Now I do work with businesses too, but helping them with some other things like business succession planning. But those are the lanes that I I, I really focus on, legacy nonprofits and succession planning for entrepreneurs. Yeah. And I, and I love that you're doing that. And you know, it reminds me, and have you had the chance to meet Lee Steinberg yet? I have not met Lee. Oh, you're going to meet him at Secret Knock. 
<laughs> you're going to meet him at Secret Knock. He's always at Secret Knock. In fact, he was just at, at an event uh, a couple weeks ago that I was I was at, and um, you know he's just such a wonderful guy. So for those of you that don't know, Lee um, Lee Steinberg is uh, the real Jerry Maguire, the mm -hmm. real Jerry Maguire. Mm -hmm. And part of the the manifesto that he wrote, you know, in that in that movie, um, even though it was about show me the money, um, <laughs> it was about that. You know what what Lee really wrote about was that he wanted he wanted professional athletes to give back to their communities, and it's what you're doing without even having met him, you know. And whether you read that manifesto he put together back when, you know, or not, um, it's pretty interesting that you're already heading heading in that direction or have been headed in that direction for quite some time. So I want to ask you about a couple of different things. Um, I know that the specialty that you have is about charitable um, planned giving, right? Um, and this, and several times on this podcast, several times on my other podcast, Mortgage Lending Mastery, we've talked about how to grow your, your business, you know, because we have a lot of entrepreneurs, sales professionals uh, who mm -hmm. listen and watch our podcast, how to grow your business, how to transition your business, you know, into um, you know, the success that it is, but transition it into uh, being significant and giving back and giving to your community. And we know right now, you know, this is the first time in history that we have five generations working in the workplace at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. And the dynamic of these five generations is pretty incredible. But what we know is that our Gen Xer, I mean, our, not our Gen Xers, but our millennials are very interested in giving back. And in fact, we'll leave a job, we'll leave a higher pay to go to a place that has more community involvement and more um, interaction with the community and philanthropy, um, more th uh, philanthropy, if I could ever say the word. Um, <laughs> so how have you used that in your practice to be able to attract people? Um, and maybe you're not doing it in a manner that I'm suggesting here. I'm, I'm talking about intentionally doing it. Um, I know you're doing it from the goodness of your heart. I know that all of us who do want to do this are doing it from the goodness of our heart. But if there's a way that we can promote our business through that um, and increase the awareness for everyone. So it's a win, 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 win all the way around. I'm just curious to know how you've used that in your uh, your financial advising practice specifically? Well, well, first and foremost, on your platform, just sharing my message. And I think that's really what the power behind team and, and, and collaboration. Uh, I'm so honored to be here, um, you know, speaking to you on your podcast today, uh, Jen, because to answer your question, um, the baby boomers are, are, are leaving behind trillions of dollars of wealth. Yeah. So I mean, think about, well, who is going to kind of pick that up? Well, it's the millennials that have yep. no idea what to do with the money. Right. So it's like, well, here's where we want to make sure that the millennials are, are aware of how to think about legacy, how to think about generational wealth um, planning. Because here's the thing, generational wealth doesn't only necessarily mean, oh, I'm going to amass all the wealth that my grandfather made and then now blow it. It really means how am I going to continue that? Of the next five generations after me. And the way that I intentionally um, provide content is by having speaking um, um, opportunities, um, by sharing content through education, first and foremost, through my book uh, for philanthropy, right. where if, if somebody wants to get more into nonprofit, they should pick yeah. up my book. And, and for business owners that are focused on their companies and their corporations, 
when I'm able to put content regarding succession, definitely join, attend, get a ticket, take a seat, and really just sponge the information that I'm sharing. Because when we are able to connect the power of we, there's so much more that can be done. Why? Because you don't know what you don't know. And yeah. by not knowing what you don't know, you don't know what questions not to ask or the questions that you need to be asking. So right. essentially, when you think about that, getting out there and, and, and collaborating with professionals like yourself, um, you know, taking advantage of great opportunities to speak publicly, um, and then do more content, whether it's, you know, podcasts, shows, TV, film, whatever the case may be, to really get your message across. And whatever platform you're using, make sure that people understand how you are being intentional. Because I think that's the genuine sign of people wanting to like, um, you know, accept, uh, get involved, or even take your advice, because they understand that it's, it's coming from a place of authenticity. And I believe that really is, is the message today. There's a lot of people who talk, but they don't walk the way. Well, and, and a lot of people who write a check, you mm -hmm. know, send Venmo, whatever. And, and while that's fine, I get that because, gosh, when we look back on the days, who was it? Um, Oh my gosh, the funny guy. He used to do the the marathon. Remember the marathon? Why can't I remember his name? The comedian, the actor comedian with the uh, oh my gosh. That's so funny. But anyway, he used to do the September, you know, the Labor Day marathon on TV. And it was like, send money, send money, send money. I can't believe those of you that are listening are telling are saying, Oh, Jen, it's so easy. His name is Jerry, I think. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, they're, they're good. Uh, Je just, you know, instant message me when you can remember what this guy's name is. I'll remember it here in a moment. But, <laughs> you know, he used to do it. And it was the um, Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lewis telethon, right? Where was it? Would call in, call in and give money. And all that was really wonderful. And it was a great place for us to start. But really where the power comes in and where it hits your heart truly hits your heart is when you actually go, you know, and you, and you <laughs> thinking about Boulder Crest Retreat, which is where we volunteer our time for veterans who have external and internal injuries, right. And, uh, you know, having to clean their kitchen and I'm talking, it's the whole floor of this big, massive building. It's the entire basement cleaning the kitchen and moving all the stuff. And, and you start realizing all the good that you're doing because you have that time to work with your hands and, and think about the people that you're serving. You're not thinking about what's going on in your world. You're thinking about, wow, I'm here because of this. And right. I want it clean for them. And I want to make food for them. And I want to plant these flowers so that they can walk around here and take a deep breath. And, and that's when it hits home and where the power really comes in, in how you can be authentic. And then that shows up in your, your work. Um, so I absolutely love that. I want to ask you about, um, you know, why it's so important for you for you, you've talked a little bit about this, but I, I just now I want to get as a whole, that's a global piece. Like it's so important for millennials to understand and get an education, but why is generational wealth so important for you? What's, what's it done? You know, it looking back on your childhood and mm -hmm. what you want to give for your future children, what does it mean to you? Well, it, it means leaving a legacy behind that's going to be an impact. Um, and it can be um, different types of impacts that you measure. Um, you know, when I'm able to change just one life, I'm not saying I want to change billions of lives. If I can't amaze, however, but if I can change just one, mm -hmm. I've done my part. 
And I've done my part because I've allowed that person to understand the power of, of we, the power of connection, and the power of making sure that we can take care of one plus one equals two. But when you compound that, it's it's tenfold. Right, and I believe right. that today- Who says that, right? One plus right. one is 11. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. When, when you think about what we're going through today in this world, you know, trial, tribulation, I mean, pandemic from e yeah. e economic, you know, uh, instability. There's a lot of stuff where if we're not paying it forward mm -hmm. and, and, and allowing somebody else to latch on to us because we may have more, we may have the resources, we may have the capabilities. It's time for us to level up together. And yeah. I believe by thinking about generational wealth, it, it really resonates well with humanity because one currency, money, it changes the world. Yeah. People may not view it in a way to where they understand it because if they haven't reached a level of success and they can't see little, it doesn't mean that they're not successful in their own way. So generational wealth for me means being able to touch many lives as much as I can philanthropically, but making sure that I'm providing the education on how to understand if you do receive wealth or if you are building towards wealth, how do you manage the wealth to help others? Yeah. That's the purpose behind generational wealth for me. Yeah. Being able to become very successful. You're not going to die with anything outside of your soul. And when you think about that, that's really the impact. Yeah. What did I do while I was successful? How yeah. I was building myself to become, you know, somebody of a presence, somebody of that, that is recognized as a role model. Mm -hmm. What did I do during my time? And I feel generational wealth is something that I've, I've really championed because one, when you are kind of the underdog your whole life, you turn, you, you tend to kind of appreciate the small wins. Yeah. Small wins of me graduating, the small wins of me getting an education and making a professional career out of sports. Some people don't get to reach those levels because of their journey. Everybody has a different journey. Everybody's paper is going to be different the way that they write on their own sheet. But when you think about the ones who become special enough to say, I want to learn something to be able to give that back. Yeah. That's my understanding of generational wealth. What am I doing today so I can give back tomorrow tenfold? If I could change that one life, imagine I can change 10,000 lives. And that's what generational wealth is all about for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so really, you know, even though you're a financial advisor, um, it's, it's not the money aspect of this as much as it is. And, and it's inclusive. I get that it's, it's providing money, leaving money for people, but it's also leaving a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of love. It's just all about wealth. Right. And, and I think that a lot of people really hone in on the monetary piece of this, as opposed to, all of the feelings that we have, the emotion. And that's why this is called success to significance, because it's about, you know, I, I want to be more significant. I want to make an impact. Hence the reason impact in my, my book impact, right. Is because I want to make that impact. I don't want, I mean, all of us can name our grandparents and maybe our great grandparents, but can we name our great, great grandparents and our great, great, great grandparents and that they may have left money and it's in a trust fund but what else did they leave, you know? And that's what I want to make sure I'm doing. When I talk legacy for me, that's what it is, is 
oh, it was great. I remember the cookies she kept cooked. Or <laughs> he whistled when he whittled or, you know. what? I got a sweet tooth, Jen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, whatever. I mean, that always, it always just comes up, whatever I'm thinking about, you know, at that moment. But no, I really, what I remember the most with my mom is biscuits and gravy. <laughs> and now I make them better than anybody. There's no place I've ever been. I'm going to place an order, Dan. I'm all yeah, in Miami. You're going to love it. You'll eat the whole pan, though, because you're a guy. But uh, yeah, I mean, and, and I've never found any any place I've ordered. I'm like, nope, nope, doesn't doesn't beat ours, doesn't beat ours. But, but yeah, that's the kind of wealth you're talking about. Okay, so let's transition. I want to transition into something real quick. So for those that are listening and they have companies and corporations, small, medium-sized businesses, I know you've worked with Fortune 500 as well. Um, when you talk about, you know, helping the corporations, uh, you know, empower them to unleash untapped potential of their employees, tell us a little bit about what that means. To Absolutely. You, you know, yeah. with today's economy, there's so many entrepreneurs creating so much value. But when you think about that, an entrepreneur these days in this generation doesn't have to go to college, doesn't have to have a, a degree. They can have an idea. They can learn technology in some fashion and then become very successful, uberly successful. Yeah, overnight. So, you know, overnight. So when yeah. you think about how do you cultivate a culture at a company, it goes back to the three R's, retract, retain, reward, key mm -hmm. people. And that goes back to, and, you know, making sure you're taking care of your top hats all the way down to your rank and file employees yeah. who also want benefits, who also want to make sure that they're thinking about their children's college, they're thinking about their retirement, they're thinking about how to save their cash flow. So when you're a business and you want to make sure you have amazing culture of success, you have to pour back into the business. Right. By looking at ways that you can leverage your business and the advantages that the IRS gives you to be yeah. able to take advantage of being able to really remunerate not only your top hat executives with pension plan strategies, all the way to retirement strategies and ways to build wealth and offer that to your employees. Because yeah. when you take care of your employees, not only your numbers are gonna increase, but your value proposition of whatever you're doing, product or service that increases tenfold because people are going to remember the feeling of the purchase they're going to remember why they bought from you the experience so that's really when we're talking about cultivating a corporation it goes back to starting with the mailman all the way to the ceo and everything in between and how to really understand their needs their challenges because without you connecting with a person and people we go back to the factories. We go back to just, You're just a person. Yeah. A person. Just a person. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, that's not the economy today. So repeat your three R's again. Retract, retain, reward. Okay. So tell us about retract. I get retain and reward, but tell us a little bit about retract. What is, Re what is, because that's withdraw. So. Well, we're recruiting the right type of, of people that can, you know, add value to your culture. And that could be a series of things when we're talking about having different types of interviews, having your management team interview the new person that will mm -hmm. be hired, but then also identifying the challenges, the, the pros and cons. Nobody's perfect. 
And I do believe that everybody has some type of value that they can bring, but you have to make sure as a corporation, you are complementing your existing culture because that's, that's, that's your lifeblood. Yeah. So that's why you're saying, take a step back, look, retract a little bit and do a visual, a, a bigger vision outlook, right? The values, the vision, the messaging, the voice of the company. Absolutely. Because it, it, it goes back to that person that started with you at the very uh, beginning yeah. that's going to last with you all the way throughout the 20, 30 year runway to make sure your company has that strong backbone. And by doing that is by bringing in the right type of people. Yeah. Not everybody fits your model, but there are going to be a select few that can add value. And that's really when we're talking about retracting the right people. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love that. Okay. So I want to go to, I, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. So let's go to, let's get it. I have a couple questions there. I mean, one is why did you call it? Let's get it. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, this has got to be some kind of football thing. It's like, you know, on three, let's get it. Um, Listen, girl, <laughs> <laughs> this goes back to the gridiron days where Every athlete, it didn't matter what you played, when you heard your coach say, let's go, let's get it, you were fired up, you were yeah, pumped, you yeah. were excited to kind of go go after it and yeah. tackle your opponent, make sure you, 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 you showed up on that block or you scored yeah. that touchdown, let's get it. Right. I, I feel like it was an amazing catchphrase that I've used my entire life. Yeah, so yeah. So me putting something that resonates with me, who knows, maybe I could, you know, uh, 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 you know, develop, you know, some information, some content, license that, you know, the whole, don't steal my ideas, gang. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think overall, let's yeah. get it is just so catchy that I yeah. felt like yeah. it's something that, that I lived. And I wanted to make sure that when I wrote the book, it was something that was authentic, something that I yeah. really can say from the beginning front cover all the way through the journey of my book, all the way to the back cover of the, of the book, everything was made authentically. So that's where it yeah. came from, from the gridiron yeah. days. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny when we were in Miami and you had your your banner there, I was like, oh, I got to ask him. Oh, I got to ask him. And then I said, no, no, I'm not asking him. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it for the for the podcast. <laughs> A lot of times I do that. I, that's why I said I watch you. I really watch you because I know what's going, you know, I know what's happening and going on and stuff. Um, and I know you love your cigars and I know you love them. I love that. Okay. So let's talk about one of the key ways in the time that we have left with, uh, um, with each other. Let's talk about one of the key ways that nonprofits can really um, expand their exposure, right? That's a good one. Expand their exposure. Um, And maybe talk about one that is your favorite. Well, you know, there are many ways nonprofits can get involved. Um, You know, I believe that nonprofits can get involved by really going into the community and speaking to the community. When we host events, when we're hosting galas, we're hosting just any type of, you know, community activity. Um, Try a different approach, you know. Um, Let's not only think the outcome of an event or just, you know, some gathering is all about exchanging phone numbers and then thinking about the next event. Yeah. I think really um, the leadership of nonprofits can maximize on, on, on the time that you have all these people in your community all at once, but really make sure we're, we're really carving out 15 minutes. Yeah. Because attention spans these days are, are, are very, very short. Right. So if you take 15 minutes and really take a moment to share your mission, but your mission in regards to legacy. 
using perpetuity as an example, talking about, you know, how we're thinking about building the mission for the next 10, 20, 30, 40, yep. 50 years. That is really where we need to start. How nonprofits today, by maximizing on their existing communities, can start educating on the conversation. That's one way to approach changing the status quo, getting more people involved, allowing donors to identify, you know what, why am I actually cutting the check? Do I understand this mission? Do I want to be a part of this for the next 5, 10, 20 years? But right. really identifying where they feel that they can help. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, just stroking a, a check is not the solution. It's more, well, right. what is that check going to do? I want to get more involved of, of what's actually going on, as opposed to just being somebody who shows up, cuts a check, and disappears. So that's one way that nonprofits can take advantage of, of really educating donors and their community by the events that they currently host and just taking 15 minutes to just really share a message that involves perpetuity and legacy. Yeah, I love that because as I'm, and I'm kind of thinking here and I'm actually looking for something because I, well, well, that's why my eyes were going the other way drifting and it's not because I'm working on something. I would never do that. But um, yeah, I think that the opposition to that, and perhaps this is in your book because it's not out yet. Right. So we don't know, but, but perhaps the opposition to that is uh, it's interesting because you were saying having events, having a galas and everyone's um, trading cards. And I was actually seeing that from the business owner's perspective, not the charity, the nonprofit's perspective and saying, okay, you know, cause I, I have done I can, numerous, just countless events and webinars and seminars and classes and, and master classes and masterminds and which retreats and you name it. I've done workshops, all of these things over my years and years in, in business. And every single one of them had a charitable component. And part of that is that um, not, none of the event, I wouldn't say none, I can't, you know, promise that none of them, but uh, a lion's share of the, the events all had a charitable component, whatever was touching me at that moment, you know, what was going on in the, in the world, what was happening locally in the community or the economy that I felt that needed um, exposure and needed some assistance and so I would hold an event and have a charity component to it all the way down to, you know, cause I was in the mortgage business all the way down to having um, housewarming parties for clients that we closed their loans on having housewarming parties and asking the clients, Hey, I've got these three charities for you to choose from which one of these resonates most with you. And usually it's child, some kind of child situation. Usually it's some kind of health organization and then veteran. Okay, so I would just pick one of those three. And um, and then they would say, okay, for my housewarming party, we're going to do, we want to do canned goods donated to veterans. Okay, great. Let's do that. And we would have their guests bring the canned goods to their house as part of it. And then we would go and make the donation and make a big picture and the whole kit and caboodle. And, um, you know, that's just one, one thing we've done. We've done, uh, we have a place called laws here. It's loud and abused women's shelter. And we've done, we've done that, you know, um, lipstick for laws. And I, and I know it sounds really funny. Um, but these women who leave men who abuse them, uh, they leave with nothing, absolutely nothing, nothing, nothing. So, you know, we, we said, okay, we all have lipstick laying around. Could we, could we clean off the top and whatever, and give them lipstick? So, you know, just the littlest things, but every one of those little things made a super, you know, significant impact in, in, uh, their lives and in my heart and subsequently in my business, 
Mm. You know, it was an extension of it. It wasn't on purpose or intentional. It was an extension of it. Mm-hmm. So I love that you um, are suggesting that, but we always brought the charity in and said, Hey, can you speak for five or 10 minutes? Tell us about this. <laughs> Tell us about your charity. We, we didn't just do it ourselves. We brought them in and said, Hey, thank you. You know, <laughs> yeah. collaboration, it, it, it boils down to really just having people um, want to, you know, collaborate with you and, and just think about the bigger why, you know, big, yeah. the, what, what's bigger, you know, not what's in front of the mirror, but you know, what's bigger for humanity, for people. Right. I think if we shifted our mentality and, and were more humble and had more humility, we'd have less shootings in school. Oh, yeah. We'd have less violence, you know, yeah. through the globe. And there's so many things that are not reported on that are happening every single second of our day. But but when we all connect through philanthropy, I think it really makes a better place. Oh yeah, no question. I absolutely love that. Yeah, so that's that's really good. So listen, if you're what you're not listening in and you're saying, "Hey, I've got a nonprofit or I might maybe I want to have a nonprofit." Um, these are going to be some great tips for you. This will become, it's funny, um, maybe when you were setting out this book, I have a book called Launch, How to Take Your Business to New Heights. And when we were pushing, putting the book together, I said, I want this book to, to be destroyed in, in a good way. I want to be highlighted and underlined <laughs> and dog-eared. And we even went to the extent that we were going to put fake paper clips in certain areas and fake sticky notes in certain pages and you know, because that's how I visualize Let's Get It as being, you know, a book for nonprofits, sort of a Bible, if you will, or a, a you know, procedural manual for, for nonprofits. It, it's not read once, it's just constantly read. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking as well uh, for the book, I'll be hosting a book signing. I'll start in Florida, but I will be actually uh, working towards the nation. Um, you know, over my journey, because there will be um, other editions in regards to the continuation of the volume. Um, The first one was really sharing a story about the journey. It was not a biography of me as a football player. That's a little boring. You know, what's more exciting is the journey of, of, you know, the challenges, the Mm -hmm. obstacles, and how we overcoming the obstacles, but now strategically. Yeah. It's a book that is, you know, full of amazing content. There's a three-pronged approach, Jen, uh, leadership development, mm-hmm. uh, team building aspect, and then the icing on the cake. How are we educating the community and the donors? Because yeah. those are the individuals in the community and groups of people that are allowing a nonprofit to be remain sustainable. So yeah. that's really the message. Um, and I'm looking forward to, you know, having you guys, the audience members, you know, join us at the book signing. Yeah. And oh, yeah. That's where we'll start. <laughs> Absolutely. That'll be fun. And I think I think I'm, I'm going to suggest something else, a workbook. I know a lot of, uh, you know, David Fagan, he, uh, hopefully you do. And if not, I'll make sure you know him. But uh, well, you yeah, know, I didn't know. I don't know David yet. Yeah. Well, I've introduced <laughs> you to so many people. I can't remember who I've said. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know what I love about David is he he always tries to find a way to have a workbook attached to his books that are all going number one and all this stuff, because there's so much more time that is that. How do I say it? it's like, oh, it's released and hopefully it stays live for a while and you're out promoting it for a while. We get that. But then this just 
sort of lives on. It's a workplace. Like, what is your vision? What are the values that you have there? What does your ideal team look like? Who are possible members? Circle the possible people that you think could be in your, your team and really helping guide people through that process of, you know, that and the money part of it, you know, and handling the money. Because look, I, I used to have a, pro, a nonprofit called Fur Baby Food Bank, and we were providing food to families who had animals who needed the food. Now, some people would think that's a luxury. But this was back when we had the Great Recession, you right. know, in, in 2007. And, um, you know, people were going to the food bank themselves because of all the foreclosures and, and leaving their homes. And we found that animals were being left in the homes as people left them. And they were um, eating the, each other. They were killing and eating each other, wow. these dogs and these cats and all these animals and stuff. Mm -hmm. And and we found them in the homes. And this was just here. I live in the wealthiest county in the United States of America. And it wasn't yeah. just here. It was right. everywhere. And I said, well, the worst thing that can happen to children is to say, hey, we can't afford to feed ourselves, let alone Snoopy. So Snoopy's going to have to go to the shelter. Oh my God. And the kids, you know, the, and the emotional situation with the kids is bad enough. And I said, well, what if you're at the food bank and I have food for you, for your animals there too? And that's where we started that. And, um, and we have another charity called cars. It's Christian automotive relief services. And we accept donated cars. My husband's a semi-pro drag racer. We have a 10 car garage with a lift and we have all <laughs> denominations of Christian men come over and they work on the car. And some men are asked to just clean the windshield. <laughs> Everybody has a role. <laughs> right? You go ahead and clean the windshields for us. That'd be great. Right. And then we accept applications and we donate to families. And you know, we donated to a woman who um, her her child had a heart condition and she had to drive 55 miles one way to go into Washington D.C. to go to George Washington University Hospital to have have something done like three times a week. And she was taking a bus down. It was a whole day event. Uh -huh. And yeah, we were able to give her a car. So, you know, those types of things are, are just incredible for your heart and your soul. And, and that's mm -hmm. all the generational wealth that you're a part of. So if someone wants to work with you, let's talk about that as we finish up our time together. If someone wants to work with you, I know you have a very specific avatar of your clientele that you work with. Give us an, some insight into who you work with. Absolutely. You know, I work with uh, business owners, um, you know, business owners who, are, you know, if you ask my avatar, business owners who are at least, um, you know, revenue wise in their business, making a million plus in revenue. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time, these business owners as well have amassed enough wealth, 15 million net worth minimum, because the reason why the value that I bring is helping business owners think about their estate planning. Thinking yeah. about their legacy, thinking about how to reduce their tax liabilities. And I'm not the tax person, but I work with their accountants that right. provide the recommendations on the solutions to help them with reducing their taxes. So a lot of times my avatar are family owned businesses, uh, entrepreneurs, um, but then also you know, nonprofit organizations who are in need of really thinking about legacy. Yeah. So when I approach the community, listen, I'm not opposed to people who recommend great families of, of, of you know, that need planning. Because obviously, we think about it, I love what I do. It's my career. But at the same time, if somebody's referred to me and, and they have a, a newborn, uh, they're a young family, I'm very happy to take a conversation. Because yeah. if I can plant a seed today and just help guide them tomorrow, who knows what can happen? 
I have no idea how I've helped them outside of providing the right information. And then I have no idea who's in their web of network that they're helping. So I always feel like if somebody's referred to me, I'm always going to have a conversation. But if I'm targeting who I'm looking for, it's business owners, family businesses and entrepreneurs and nonprofits. Yeah. Love it. Love it. That way we know exactly who you're looking for. What is the best way to get in touch with you, Christopher? Absolutely. Um, do social media as one outlet. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as my full name, Christopher Dora. Um, I'm on Instagram, Chris Dora, um, Facebook business, uh, Chris Dora Finance. But then also if, if people want to reach me, they can email. Um, I've created an email, uh, info at myfullname.com. So info at uh, ChristopherDora.com. Send me an email. Let's connect. Let's connect through the social. Let's have a conversation because I think nowadays it's so easy for people to connect across the world. But I think it's even better now that when we are able to share content with collaborating, having the ability to you know you know speak today on your podcast. I have no idea you know who's going to hear the podcast, but if you do hear it and you hear something you like through through uh, Jen's graces connect with me. And I'd like to have a conversation to help. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I know a lot of people that are listening into our show here are nonprofit, you know, empaths, heart, you know, heart driven type of uh, business owners and entrepreneurs and salespeople. So this is right up their alley and you can go visit him down in Miami. If you want, you can go do a house call, a reverse house call, right? Well, you know, with Zoom <laughs> today, I can, I'm, 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 I'm able to help service yeah. Any um, families in the USA. So. Oh, yeah. No, I know you can, but I think we want to go down to Miami. That's yeah, come I'm to Miami. <laughs> I don't know. I went down when we were down there. I was like, is this really what Miami is like in the summer? <laughs> Caliente. I know it. I've been down there so many times, but I, you know, like I was telling you, I think it's when I'm going on a cruise and it's like November to January. Right. And right. I had no idea how hot it really, really was. I, well, it's I mean, <laughs> well, thank God you, you are able and capable and, and you, you have many talents because you were doing quite well in the humidity, Jen. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, I looked around and I go, that's why everybody has long hair and a ponytail. Now I get it. <laughs> now I get it. And yeah, I, it was fun though. It was absolutely fun. It's been so fun just getting to know you better and learning about, you know, everything that you're so passionate about. And I, I'm so excited for your book to come out. I cannot wait. And I know I'm going to be getting a copy of it, a signed copy. I know it. No, I, I know I will. I'll be seeing you at some point and, uh, you know, just wish you all the best in everything that you're pursuing. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us so that um, we all can worry, uh, not worry, but look to creating that and working on our generational wealth. So thank you so much, Christopher, for joining us. You're so welcome. And I'm going to tell the audience as well to revert back and buy Jen's book. I'm getting every single copy. Uh, there's <laughs> good editions out there as well. Tune in you know, every week when this podcast is rolling because there's nothing but great quality content. And I'm blessed to be on the show today. So grateful that I've met you. You're an amazing soul, amazing woman. Uh, and I want to just be in your world because I think, you know, you have such- You are in my world. What do you mean? <laughs> you are in my world. Yeah. Well, you know, thank you so much for the ability to just share a little bit of my story, who I am today. Yeah. I look forward to the next round and just, you know, growing together. That sounds great. Let's get it.
<laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> Let's get it. Well, thanks again. Thank you so much, Christopher. And thanks everyone for listening. And thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen into this podcast. And please don't forget to just scroll down on your phone and give us a great five-star review and write some comments about this episode, what you loved about listening to Christopher. Yeah, he's like, raise the house. <laughs> and uh, thank you again for listening. We'll catch you on the next time. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.